We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Hopefully you guys are doing good. Hands on 10 and 2 while you're on the roads. And I am broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Big round of applause for Dan Bernstein. It's always tough to do a double. You know, being on the radio is tough enough every single day. You know, because you got to talk about the same things over and over again. It's another thing to be on for eight hours straight. So I was gonna say that sitting in that chair for eight hours straight—that's a lot. I'll tell you this: it's a warm chair right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a warm chair. Oh, but shout out to Dan Bernstein, man, leading by example right there. That's really cool. So you get me for three hours. I'll be on tonight from six to nine p.m. talking all things Bears, Bulls, and everything in between. Uh, but the way we start my show is very simple. These are the top three stories in my brain in no particular order. Number three. I call it the trifecta. Number three, DeMar Hamlin, obviously on everyone's mind, uh, especially the entire NFL. Every team changing their profile picture to pray for DeMar. And, you know, obviously you've been hearing from everyone in the sports world just about, you know, what happened exactly. And I'm not sure if you've seen the play. A lot of people, you know, not everybody was watching Monday Night Football and not everybody wants to go online and, you know, watch exactly what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Um, but he's still in critical condition after suffering that cardiac arrest um, during the matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you saw the, you know, the ambulance come on the field. It was just a scary moment for everyone. The Bills released a statement. It says, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. Uh, the Hamlin family said during a statement. And then they, they said they'd like to share updates as they come in. And he's currently still in the intensive care unit. Now, two people in particular really had strong moments on, on television today. Emmanuel Acho, friend of mine, you know, was out and just talking about that, you know, he, he was more than just a football player. Sixth, sixth round draft pick. Um, Micah Hyde was who got injured, which allowed him to step into the starting lineup for the Buffalo Bills. A graduate from Pitt, degree in, in communications, uh, looking for another degree in sociology. His foundation chasing m's was trying to raise over twenty five hundred dollars for a toy drive and now it's raised up to four million dollars at this point so i mean again i think it's highlighting the fact that you know yeah these guys are out here playing i mean they're modern day gladiators and you know even dan orlovsky stopped his show to bow his head and actually pray on air 
for DeMar Hamlin. So a lot of positivity for the young man. And you could see why after hearing this clip. This is from him talking about having the ability to play alongside one of his child, childhood friends. That's a pretty special, it's rare thing. Super blessing, like super blessing. Um, just having someone like Dane just being able to just play with me. Um, it feels so surreal. Like, I can't even describe it, but I, I cherish it every second that I can. You know, every second of every day. We just had our prayer, our, our DB prayer we do every Wednesday. Mm. Outside, he was next to me, and I just grabbed his hand a little bit harder just because, you know, you never know when, like, the last day could be mm. that you get in a experience something like this, you know. So I'm just I'm cherishing it every moment I can. And that was before, you know, obviously before everything happened. And then just him talking about being able to play this with someone that he's known for a long time. Them having prayer. So, I mean, you know, a good human being right here. And we, we obviously hope the best for him at that as that story continues on. Number two. That game in itself obviously canceled, but the NFL will resume over the weekend. Um, a lot of games with implications leading into the playoffs and to draft positions. Uh, and the Bears got some, I guess, some good news, you would say. Sam Ellinger will start for the Colts on Sunday versus the Houston Texans. Jeff Saturday reported they're skipping past Matt Ryan to give the <clears throat> young quarterback an opportunity. The reason why this is important is because the Houston Texans obviously have the number one pick. And if they lose, or excuse me, if they win against the Colts and the Bears lose, the Bears will then slide into that number one spot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I know, obviously, all that takes the backseat to whatever has been happening. Um, so uh, good and bad news, but I think, you know, it's tough to, to look at moments like that as a fan because you obviously feel a certain type of way about DeMar Hamlin and what's happened. And then you just look at life in a different way, man. I mean, everyone's been doing such a good job of explaining, you know, how they felt and what this has meant to them. But, uh, again, uh, it's going to be a tough tough show for a lot of people out there today, just them thinking about themselves, their own personal health, the health of their family members. I mean, you saw this kind of – Mindset when Twitch, uh, Ellen, the Ellen show, their their DJ, when he, you know, obviously lost his life to suicide. So many people thought he was such a happy dude. And then they start looking internally at themselves. And I think this is uh, another example of that and how that's happening. Bleeding out into my trifecta right there. All right, let's go to the number one story. Number one. Number one story. It was a heartbreaker for most Bulls losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. It was tough. I, 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 I could read you a group. A group chat message of mine from yesterday. My boy was like, Gabe, are the Bulls going to win today? Obviously, he was trying to spend some money or lose some money. And I said, no, nah, I don't think the Bulls are going to win. I said, their team's just not in a good place mentally. Soccer would say they're not in good form. And then I said this, and I, and I quote my group. I said, expect Donovan Mitchell to have a big game. I got, follow me on Twitter, Chicago underscore Gabe. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to send a screenshot of my thing. I said, expect Donovan Mitchell because he didn't play well on Saturday on New Year's Eve versus the Bulls. So the assumption was that he then played well. And, and sure enough, Donovan Mitchell, 71 points. Now, if you didn't watch the game, don't go around saying, oh, the Bulls got lit up for 71 points. Donovan Mitchell, he's just a madman. If you saw the game, a huge chunk of his points came at the free throw line. It felt like, it felt like every possession in the third quarter where he had the ball, Donovan Mitchell, it felt like he was just getting a foul. And there were some bad ones. There were some really bad ones. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. And what uh, Billy Donovan thought about that. And we'll get a chance to talk to Cody Westman uh, right around 720 for that as well. But Bulls up by 21. It's the largest deficit that's been overcame in the NBA uh, this season. And I, I, I can go on my soapbox 
but but I'll just wait till after the trifecta finishes. All right, there goes the trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on six seventy, the score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Shout out to everybody listening on the Odyssey app. Make sure you go ahead and download that. You could take the score with you everywhere you go. You could take a lot of other stations that we have with uh, within our company with you. XRT's our sister station, BBM AM, B ninety six, one hundred four jams. So a lot of things you can listen to there. And then they also have a bunch of specials tomorrow at seven o'clock. I'll be doing a Chicago special on the Odyssey app for Odyssey Sports. So something that you can listen to is not going to be aired on six seventy the score. It'll be exclusively on the Odyssey app. So make sure you check that out. Uh, big shout out to everybody listening on H- our HD2 channel, 104.3 HD2, or we're coming in loud and clear. And if you are out, if you're a type of person that's out and about at this time, then I got to encourage you to come check out Offside Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, myself, Mark Grody, we're going to be broadcasting live on Thursday. Tyler, are you producing that one or Studs? I am not. That's Studs. Studs. They gave me the day off. Okay, finally. Maybe I'll come and visit you. No, don't. Why? In Woodstock? Hey, I'll make the drive. Dude, it's an hour and a half away. So? No, you're not doing that. Anyway, come to a different one. <laughs> Even I'll tell you, don't do that. I was going to say, that it is an interesting spot to have you guys way up in Woodstock, but Dude, I mean. it's far. The way these things work are simple, right? Like it's Because it's a Miller Lite top draft show. So then each, uh, like, Miller Lite account executive essentially gets to pick where they want these broadcasts to happen. Like, so each one has a district. And then so that's how they pick, like, the one place in there. Anyway. Hour and a half away. I'm excited to go. Grody and I are going to have a blast. If you are in the area, come hang out. Woodstock is going to be an offside sports bar and grill. We're going to give away an opportunity for you to get on the field uh, at Soldier Field next year, next year during a game. Hopefully things will be a little bit better by then. Hopefully. Um, so we're, we're continuing on, and we get a chance to continue this conversation about the Chicago Bulls. Of course, as I mentioned, they lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers 145 to 134. First half, Bulls holding the Cavs to 47 points. It looked good. I took so many notes on this game, and as, as I usually do, but this one in particular, you could just tell like my writing got angrier as the game went on. And there was one point as I was writing down my notes for this Bulls game where <clears throat> it seemed as though like the Bulls, the Bulls struggle with thinking that like they have this 2017 Cubs feeling that surrounds them where it's like, we should win these games because we're good. Like the hype got to them, to their head? Tyler, the Cubs fan, you know exactly what I'm trying to say, right? Yes, sir. And there was that window of, of time where it was like, ah, we'll, we'll flip the switch or, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're good enough. We're not worried about it. And I genuinely feel that's where the Bulls are at. When they're facing the Houston Rockets, a team that's at the bottom of the NBA, after winning three straight, Zach said that the Bulls kind of came in and did, and took them lightly. And I, I disagreed with that statement. I thought they just got overplayed. But but it goes back to the point, right, where the Bulls kind of see themselves in this light where it's like, yeah, we got this. We're good. They lost to Cleveland without Darius Garland, without Evan Mobley on Saturday. And then they probably thought to themselves, like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to right the ship. And then they did in the first half. They played well. But then the second half comes, and you got to understand – you know, Billy Donovan has touched on it. It's got to be four quarters of intensity. The Bulls need to realize that they are not that team that can just walk in the building and a dub gets handed to them. That, that's not how this works. That's not how this operates, especially not in the NBA. Bulls, you are a middle-of-the-road NBA team. You are not some top-four team in, the, in, in your conference. You, you, that's not how this is, but they view themselves as such. 
And it gets frustrating as a Bulls fan because when the Bulls are up at 21 and you're watching it, it's frustrating as a Bulls fan because you're watching that game and you're saying to yourself, aha, finally, they figured it out. They're playing well. The big three is playing well. Guys are scoring points. They're moving the ball. Like, this looks good. And then all of a sudden, things kind of go haywire. Now, granted, we can point to the officiating. Matter of fact, let's, uh, let's talk about, let's play a clip from Billy Donovan. And this is him talking about how the fouling of the Chicago Bulls really helped out Donovan Mitchell's 71-point performance. We threw Alex on him. He got four fouls. Io had four fouls. We put DJ on him for some length. We were trapping him. He went around our traps. He made some tough shots. But I think the biggest thing is, I don't know what it ended up being, you know, for the game, but, you know, it's 25 free throws. You know, that's, that's, that's where it is. It was like our help was constantly fouling, fouling, fouling. And you can't foul. I mean, you put a guy to a line. And I think for them as a team, I don't know what the differential was. We got, they got there 45 times to our 34. The fouling was a major, major contributor to his points. And listen, he had an unbelievable game. It was an incredible performance. I give him a lot of credit. He made a lot of tough shots. But I also think we contributed to something with the fouling. I think he was being nice by saying that the Bulls themselves contributed to it. 25 feet throws is ridiculous. And then there was one point during the game where they called two lane violations back-to-back on Alex Caruso. And both of those free throws Donovan Mitchell missed. I mean, it was, it, was, it was crazy. But you know what? I would think this is how most NBA teams feel when guarding DeMar DeRozan, where there's that level of frustration where you're simply looking at the ref saying, what did I do? There were a couple plays. Derrick Jones Jr. had one on a three-pointer by Donovan Mitchell. DeMar himself had one. I mean, there were a couple of plays. I know Zach had one in the paint where he literally just had his hands up. Minimal contact. And the refs called the foul on on Zach as well in that third quarter. So it was tough with 71 points. Damn. I had a player prop on Jared Allen on the last game on Saturday, and he didn't do anything. Same thing with Donovan Mitchell. That's why I was under the assumption that they both would have good games. But damn, he came out on fire in the third quarter. He literally just came out of nowhere. Like, I, no one saw this coming. And I was talking with Chuck and Bill because I was working the game. Yeah. And they were both just like, where in the hell did this come from? Like, he, he, he didn't had have the that look. in the beginning. He had the look in his eye where it was like, I'm tired of passing the ball. I'm tired of trying to operate within the system. We're better than the Bulls, and I'm the best player on this floor. And... You saw it. There was a stretch run where he had put up like eight straight. And going back to my point about the Bulls and thinking that, you know, they should be handed victories. And I mean, obviously, that's a a crazy statement, but you know what I'm trying to say. Sometimes teams feel like they're good enough to just walk in the door and and they should beat people. But you got to play the game. We know this. This is the NBA. This This isn't NBA 2K. This isn't the game. This is an actual game that you're playing. And so in the second half, listen, I went back. I'm, I'm a sick individual. I went back and watched the second half again, right? Why would you do that to yourself? I know. Again, I'm a, I'm a sick individual. I wanted to see what happened, really. And second half starts, and I start, I'm trying to pay attention to things as this game's unraveling. And I see a couple of things that stand out. And to no fault of anyone, right? Nobody knew what was going to happen at the very end that Donovan Mitchell was going to score 71 and the Bulls were going to lose in overtime. But there was a moment where, you know, Zach was laughing with Donovan Mitchell. There was another moment where, like, even the even Stacy and Adam, like, they were joking about, they were joking about, like, a Rocky movie. 
you know, because it was all fun when the Bulls were up damn near 20. Everybody's feeling good. You know, yeah, they're gonna the, the, the Cavs are going to lay down. It's all good. We're going to be okay. Stacey and Adam, you know, they're, they're making jokes about the about the, the Rocky movie, and I'm laughing too. I want to be very clear. I think it's funny because I think the Bulls are going to win too. Everything's funny at that point. <laughs> yeah, Rocky. And then Donovan Mitchell just begins to take over, and you're literally looking at yourself, and you're like, wait, we were all laughing. Did the Cavs not get the memo? They're supposed to lay down right now. Bulls are supposed to win. Couldn't have been further from the truth. Frustrating. Frustrating to lose back-to-back without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Matt Ryan knows how that feels. Oh, dude. Tough, man. Here's Billy Donovan talking about the crucial putback where, I mean, obviously, when the team is up by three, the argument is made whether you just play good defense and don't foul or you foul an individual to put them at the line so that that way they could shoot their two free throws, right? The, the probability of them coming back is extremely low. However, last night, Donovan Mitchell was able to do just that. Last thing for me, then, uh, you've talked about the fouling a lot this year, that that's been a major problem. How do you get them to stay aggressive defensively, what you want, but understand there has to be a limit? You can't just keep fouling guys and making life easier for guys. I mean, what's that, that, that high wire you got to walk to get those guys to do that? I think the, the, we got to get better from a physicality standpoint. And what I mean by that is when the ball's coming you know, at the basket, we cannot slap and reach and try to deflect because we get a lot of those fouls and some of these high-level scores. They're great at kind of putting the ball out there. We're going to have to go vertical, put our chest in plays or take charges and show our hands. And I think there was just too much of this on a lot of plays that we don't need to do that. Like, worst case, you know, make them finish the shot, you know, instead of fouling. And it's hard, you know, when a guy's coming downhill like that. But I think we've got to be more physical at the basket, either with charges or verticality as best we can. Yeah, and you saw that. I mean, obviously that's stemming from the Bulls game versus the Bucks, where you saw Giannis just run full court, full steam, and either have an uncontested layup or somebody fouls him on the way to the rim. And that's exactly what was happening, except eight inches shorter with Donovan Mitchell. And as my producer Tyler Buterball pointed out, Billy Donovan needs to stop chewing gum during those press conferences. A lot of smacking. It's there. excessive. You're like a, a Puerto Rican lady from the 80s. Chill out, bro. I can say that. I'm Puerto Rican, by the way. All right, Skate Ramirez here on 670. The score, we... Uh, make a little shift from basketball to football. Bears heading into the final game of the season versus the Vikings, and we get a chance to talk to Patrick Finley about that game. What does he think about all the drama surrounding Justin Fields and playing, and should we even be watching this game on Sunday? We'll talk to Patrick Finley after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Bear Town. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's a final here in Detroit. The Detroit Lions, 41, and the Bears, 10. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. You didn't have to remind me what the score of the game was. I knew. I know what the score of the game was, Tyler. It's Gabe. It's uh, 670 The Score. <sighs> And yes, we get an opportunity to talk about some more Bears right now. Joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, covers the Bears and the NFL for the Sun-Times. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Patrick Finley. Patrick, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Doing good. Um, let me just jump right into Would you? because I try to look at this season for the Bears, right? And there's been a lot of twanking, right? Winning within tanking, so to speak, but I don't know. Then I then I then I take a look, step back, Pat, and I look at the entire schedule, and I and I start to reminisce on the games and and what's happened throughout the season in a lot of these. Would you consider the season a failure for the Chicago Bears? I wouldn't consider it a success. <laughs> failure, I, I think, is in the eyes of the beholder. But you know, it, you know, when we talk when we talk going into the season that you know you had to find out whether you had a quarterback or not. I think the answer is yes, they do. Uh, what's concerning to me is the fact that I'm not sure that anybody else on the roster, literally anyone else, uh, emerged in a way that that you would hope that the playing time that afforded them w- w- would would help. With. I mean, you know, we can sit there and talk about Jack Sanborn. We can talk about Darnell Mooney. We can talk about Jalen Johnson. All those guys were fine, but, you know, they got hurt. There's been no revelation short of Justin Fields. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. You know, is Kevin Jenkins the best development story of this season? I mean, they move a guy from tackle to guard, and he turns out to be okay. Like, maybe. But Kevin Jenkins has, you know, I think started half the possible games or less than half in his career. And, And, you know, you really got to reach to find things to feel good about beyond Justin Fields' growth. And even that, you know, I mean, the Bears last, what is it, last five weeks, 10 points, 13 points, 20 points, 19 points, 10 points. I mean, we are no longer in that period where they're scoring 30 on people. So, you know, even the optimism about Justin Fields, I think, needs to be tempered a little bit. Patrick, I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously there's there's moments there. You see the success of Chevin Jenkins. And and Justin Fields, and so there's there's definitely high moments right throughout the season that you can point to and feel good about. Um, but but I think that that only holds true if you feel like the Bears are closer to success than they actually are. And that's the question that I have for you: Are the Bears farther away from success in the eyes of the NFL than than most fans think they are? Yeah. And, and, you know, and they'll tell you that sometimes. I mean, Matt Eberflus the other day when talking about the Lions' offensive line was saying, you know, it's really hard to, to build a good offensive line. You can add one or two guys every year, and eventually it turns into a pretty good unit. You know, I think that there are some fans that sit there and think that the Bears are going to take their cap space. I mean, and they have the most cap space in the league by double. Like, they have a ton of cap space. 
but I don't think that fixes everything. And, and then you look at, you know, just the difference between now and the start of the season, the Bears are going to end up with a great draft pick, you know, one, two, three, or four, and, and they should be really happy about that. But, you know, in that Chase Claypool trade, they, they gave away their second-round pick, uh, which, which would have been really high as well. So, uh, yeah, they're not – I mean, they're, their war chest of money is good. Their war chest of draft picks is good, but maybe not as good as it could have been. And, you know, I just – you know, you look for individual development, and it's really hard to find um, someone or guys on their team who are currently healthy and who have made a big stride this year. That's the toughest part because that's what you were really looking for, right? And that's all they talked about in the beginning. Hey, we're going to create competition. We're going to be evaluating guys, and we're going to try to see who's going to be around for the future. But it's like as a fan, you're watching the game, and you're like, a handful of those guys only as opposed to, you know, half the roster in those moments. Uh, we're talking to Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times here on 670, the score on Gabe Ramirez. Now, you mentioned, Pat, that, you know, about the cap money. And you're right, right? As a fan, you have to realistically think that they're not going to spend all of it. So there is going to be a sum of money that still exists. So they're going to be operating within that. But the other thing you touched on was the, was the draft capital. Do you, do you have believability in Ryan Poles when it comes to the draft after, you know, your evaluation of his talent that he acquired uh, this past season? <sighs> I did, no. Probably not. Wait, 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 Pat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep letting. I'm sorry. I keep leading you into these answers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not sighing. It. No, I and, and I, the the sigh was for dramatic effect. And I'm not sighing at the question. I'm, you know, it's just an incomplete grade right now. I mean, it really is. You know, Jaquan Brisker is a really good second round pick. Kyler Gordon was a pretty good second round pick. You know, both of those guys I think can be a part of this team for a long time. You know, but George Pickens was there. You know, George Pickens, who is, you know, a receiver that would be the best receiver on the Bears, you know, was there and he chose someone else. Uh, You know, you can't judge a GM on one draft. You know, you probably have to wait, you know, three or four or five. So in that sense, I don't know how much I believe that Ryan Poles can get, you know, a pick right, whether it's, you know, like I said, one, two, three, or four. I, you know, we can talk, I mean, to me, to me, the idea of them trading down is really, really interesting to me. Uh, if you, you know, if you believe as I do that they need a lot of help and that this is a multi-year process, and you know, to me that will be the most interesting thing when we talk to Ryan Poles next week. Is just trying to gauge his interest of whether he's going to be open for business or whether they're going to try and grab a defensive end or a defensive tackle with that first, you know, with whatever their first pick is. Yeah, I know, because everyone seems like it's just so matter-of-fact. Like, oh, yeah, well, Bears are going to get that and trade it away. And I'm like, I don't know. If they feel strongly about, you know, either of the defensive positions that they could acquire at that at that selection, it's just going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be talking about it at length. You know, you mentioned uh, Pickens a second ago being, being drafted in the second round, Pat. And I did a, I did a segment like two weeks ago where I, I looked up all the second-round draft picks for the last two seasons – that were wide receivers, and I tried to pit them against Chase Claypool. And so mm-hmm. when you and you just mentioned that you know you'd rather have Pickens or he, not? No, sorry, you mentioned that Pickens would be the best receiver on the Bears right now. So then when I, so when I look at a guy like Christian Watson who was picked in the second round as well, would you say like unequivocally you you would prefer a Watson or a Pickens over a Claypool? 
Yeah, if it meant that I then had the second round pick that I had to trade for Claypool, <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God, right, yeah, right, 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 right. right. Okay. Well, and and why? But then you'd, one but of then you'd also have to. But then you'd also have to take away a Kyler Gordon or a Jaquan Brisker, you know, in in that yeah, scenario as well. Which I think I'd be. I mean, I and uh, I think Brisker's going to be a really good player. I think the way the NFL is structured now, I think you got you need receivers. You absolutely do. Yeah. And and I would put a priority on that position. It's really interesting. You know, it used to be the last couple of years that if you drafted a receiver in the second round, their hit rate was almost better than mm. if you took them in the first round. I mean, AJ, look at what AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, um, you know, you know, I think Cooper cup, I believe uh, he might've been a little later, uh, but you know, it was, it was a really good idea to take a receiver in the second round. And uh, you know, the bears did, and it was Anthony Miller and it didn't turn out, but now that you were seeing teams use so many first round picks on receivers, I wonder whether that math is changing. I wonder whether twos are still a, a great value or not. I, I think they are. You know, one of the things you mentioned when you went and looked at second-round receivers, John Mechie got drafted uh, by the Texans, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the standout at Alabama. And he's not playing the season because he got cancer. And he's expected, I believe, to be back next year, thank God. And, and, and it's great for, great for him, and, and you hope you know, good health for him. But, you know, that's a guy that I said that may project to be better than anybody the Bears have, too. I mean, there are, you know, they need receivers. And, and I just don't know where you can go get someone other than the draft right now because free agency is bad. And, you know, I know Bears want to talk about – Bears fans want to talk about Devontae Adams. But just the amount of money that the Raiders would have to swallow to do that, I don't know if that's practical at all. Yeah, and Pat, just the amount of draft capital you'd have to give up as well, right? And then it would go back to what we were just talking about. you got to give something to get something, and then that might leave right. you back in the same place that you're currently in um, right now. Uh, we're talking to Patrick Finley on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez uh, here till 9 o'clock. You know, let, let's stick with the Chase Claypool thing. Obviously, you know, a small little blow-up on the sidelines, and, 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 and Justin Fields did an amazing job just kind of calming him down and using his words to do so. What did you think about that interaction between the two of them? Yeah, no, I, I think that you said it. The, the way Justin handled it privately and publicly, I think is a really good thing. And I think that speaks well of Justin as a leader. And, and I, I think that even Matt Eberflus on Monday, you know, said, yeah, I talked to Chase, but you know, what Justin said was perfect. <laughs> and yeah. I don't really need to <laughs> add great. that. And whenever your young quarterback can be the one who leads like that, and he can do it so a coach doesn't have to, I think that's fantastic. Uh, obviously, there's some pressure on Claypool here. You know, he talked last week that about how he knows Bears fans <laughs> are, are uh, kind of pining for that second-round pick and, and are judging him against, uh, against that. Uh, you know, he said, I think it's going to be a great trade for this team. But he admitted that, you know, they, they hadn't done enough, or he hadn't done enough quite yet to justify that. So I'm sure the pressure is there for him. Also, there's this. There, I mean, that was, you know, part of the reason the Steelers traded him was because there were some issues that would outburst like that. Mm. And, and you hope that it's just a sign of the kid being really competitive and just really wanting to win and really wanting to help the team. And it, it, that's what you hope it is and that it's not a sign of something worse. You know, I do wonder with the Steelers, though, nobody in football drafts wide receivers like the Steelers. I mean, they wound up with George Pickens, remember, and, and, and also Claypool. And it, it seems, you know, this every year for the last 10 years, you look up and the Steelers have some 
some receiver that uh, that's young and putting up big numbers, you wonder why a franchise that knows that position so well was comfortable in trading Chase Claypool. And you wonder whether outbursts like, you know, like the one we saw the other day, I mean, it's not a giant deal. It's a pretty small thing, but, you know, he has a history of them. And, you know, I, I wonder whether it made the Steelers eager to, uh, to move on from him. Yeah, it's tough because even I had high hopes for him, Pat, where I thought, okay, you know, but it just seems t- two things are true, right? One, Justin Fields hasn't proven to be the quarterback that will target a wide receiver, you know, indefinitely and give him 10 targets. He hasn't proven that he's that dude. Didn't do it with Allen Robinson, you know, rarely did it with Darnell Mooney. And then without the presence of Darnell Mooney, he's yet to do it, you know, with any of the guys on the team. But you hear positive things coming out from a guy like Justin Fields. Hey, we're going to get together in the offseason. We're going to figure this thing out. It's going to be rolling. What I mean, make us feel good again, Pat. What what can the ceiling look like for a Justin Fields-Chase Claypool uh, combination if it works out? Yeah, that can absolutely be true. Uh, you know, <laughs> once it was clear that Claypool wasn't going to make a dramatic statistical difference this season – the Bears were really eager to talk about how it was beneficial to get him in the building, beneficial to teach him the playbook, you know, get a familiarity with him and Justin and his teammates. And then in the offseason, they can train together. They can go throw off campus whenever they want. And, and they can work on that relationship the same way that Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney worked with Justin Fields mm. last year. That sounds really good. I am all for that. Chase Claypool as well. You know, he is, you know just last year, he had 860 receiving yards. You know, this guy's 24. I mean, this guy's a kid, and, and he's got really, really good skills. And, you know, you can grow, you know, he can grow with fields in a way that I think is really, really interesting. You know, the other thing is, is he's entering the last year of his contract. And the Bears, once this season ends legally, can they offer him an extension? Now, I'll ask you, what in the world do you pay this? This is somebody who's got a dozen catches, a dozen catches since you traded for him. I mean, you're not going to let him leave. You just traded a second-round pick for him. So if you're Ryan Pulse, your hands are tied a little bit. You know, you can't threaten to not give him an extension. You know, he knows you're going to. But what is fair market value for him? I, I don't know. I mean, Darnell Mooney's in the same position. He's up for, he can be up for an extension the minute the season ends. What's fair market value for him? I, you know, he's, I, I don't know that he is a number two receiver on a really good team. He might be a three. And, and, you know, he had a really bad injury this season. And before that, he wasn't producing. Or, you know, the Bears' offense as a whole. I should be clear. The Bears' offense as a whole wasn't yeah. producing. And Moody was also not producing. Uh, so I have reason to, to be optimistic that Claypool makes sense for the Bears and that he and Justin Fields grow together and, and that they end up being a good combination. But just the circumstances of this move mean the Bears are going to have to pay him like it almost yeah. before it happens. And, you know, they've got money, but that's just – if I'm Ryan Poles, Ryan Poles' hands are a little bit tied here. You know, you could let Claypool go into next season without an extension, but you – know, I, I, I think that's the move. I think that's the move. I think yeah, it could be, but we talk about outbursts. Yeah. <laughs> What's it going to be like when he, want, when he, wants, when he wants a deal? And when, you know, I, I mean, and this isn't unique to him. This is how wide receivers think for the most part. You know, it, you know, every, every ball not thrown in his direction <laughs> right. in a walk here cost him money, right? True. I mean, true. yeah, so I, 
I think you're right. I think maybe the best course of action is to stand pat and to just kind of see what happens. But man, you're taking a you're taking a risk. If he just goes off next season and you don't have an extension for him, now now what? Because yeah, the next good Bears team is not next season. True. The next good Bears team is two, three, four years down the road. You're right, and, that, and that's why I think in that particular situation, it's like. The Bears right now with everyone are like, make us pay you. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's Roquan, whether it's Chase Claypool, you know, whether it's Eddie Jackson, it's like, make us pay you. And we will because we have the money to and we, we want to keep guys here that are playing at a high level. But if you do not play well, we have zero problem letting you go. And I think that's where the Bears are at right now. Pat, appreciate Yeah, it's really good business. Yeah, it's good business to pay your own guys too. And I think Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson are both going to get paid this offseason. And that will be money well spent. Yeah, as it, as it should be. Hey, Patrick, I appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time this evening, man. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me tonight. Hey, of course. Thank you. Of course. Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times hanging out here on 670. The score, I am Gabe Ramirez. Brings up some great points about Chase Claypool. Oftentimes we're we're quick to, to, to come down on someone, but, you know, we got to give him, give him a little bit. You don't got to give him the money, right? You don't got to give him an extension right now. So that leads me to my very next question. Let's open up these phone lines, man. I, I need to interact with some people today. I'm all by myself till 9 o'clock. N- not that you're not here, Tyler. I see that you're here, too. Don't worry. Love leaving me out. No, I got love for you. You know I got love for you. I know. I love you, too. All right. Fix my intro today, so you know, I got to appreciate you. Uh, but let's open up these phone lines. And the question, let, let's talk about Chase. I'm opening them up to Bears' thoughts as a whole, right? But I'm really curious, curious as to whether or not you would give Chase Claypool the extension just to lock him in based off the potential that he has? Or do you allow him to play out the year after an offseason with Justin Fields and the potential for him to be a 90-catch, 900-yard guy on the year you didn't give him the money? 312-644-6767. You can call in. You can text in. We'll take your thoughts, and then we'll, we'll chat a little bit more about the Bears. Again, what would you do with Chase Claypool and – what are your thoughts on the Bears uh, that you haven't got off your chest yet? 312-644-6767. More score talk on the way. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I always love hearing this music on the rejoin. Are you bobbing your head? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm, I'm jamming over you here. You know, I, I like to go out. So do, like when I see you right now, I'm picturing you at the club. At a club? Do you go to the club? Are you a club guy, nah, Tyler? Nah. Buterball? Okay, I used to when I was a little bit younger. Dude, but first now... of all, you're not even 30. Well, I know. <laughs> so when you say when I was younger, it just doesn't hit the same. So like two years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I used to. Before you then... got engaged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like they seem like just too expensive to get in. And you know. Oh, dude. Come on. Sometimes, I... sometimes I'll go. You know the last time I paid to get in the club? And I'm not saying it like that. You don't have to get it paid? I'm not saying it like so that. So if I say I know Gabe Ramirez. No, no, no. That's, and oh. that's exactly what it sounded like. And I, that's why I said I'm not saying it like that. It's just like I grew up here, so I always know someone. I know yeah. a bouncer. I know a bartender. I know a DJ. I know someone that's working there. Not the owner. I don't know the owner. Yeah. But I know someone that's working there, and I can always and usually get, get you in. in. If you go to Tao, just drop DJ Metro's name. Tao? Damn, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, hey, that's he okay. DJs at B96. Just, you know, throw his name out there. Okay. Where else do you want to go? Where are you paying to get into? Well, I'm talking more of like New Year's Eve in Chicago. Uh, Have you done that? 
Yes. It's not worth it. <laughs> Once again, never pay. Never pay. You pay like eighty dollars, and then you know, the drinks aren't even covered. It's just they give you a free little glass Dude, of champagne. Where are you going? That you're paying eighty dollars and the drinks aren't covered. That's the bad thing. I don't remember. <laughs> that's Tyler Butterball, <laughs> our producer extraordinaire here on six seventy. The score. I'm Gabe Ramirez, hanging out until nine o'clock today. Uh, you got any Bears thoughts? Feel free to go ahead and text them in, or you can call in three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Uh, from the 847, said the Pittsburgh fans wanted to see Claypool gone. I mean, hey, they had a, they, you know, they got Deontay Johnson, they got uh, Pickens, as Patrick Finley mentioned, and then Chase Claypool just, you know, it's got to be something, though, when Mike Tomlin doesn't want you there, when he's willing to trade you, you know, and especially for a, a second-round pick, that that's tough. But, of course, he has one more year of control. That's why it was an intriguing uh, trade for the Bears. The assumption was that, he could potentially be a one or two for Justin Fields. We've yet to see that sort of connection between the two. And then Patrick Finley mentioned a second ago, you know, what do you do with his extension? Do you extend Chase Claypool based off what you've seen so far? Or do you run the risk of just letting him play out his final year, him having good chemistry, which is what you anticipated anyway, and then you got to pay him a little bit more because you didn't get the extension done. 312-644-6767. Let's take your phone calls. Let's go to Kyle out in Homewood. Kyle, I know you want to talk about the draft, but let's 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 chat about Chase Claypool first. What would you do in that scenario? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't like him personally. I think you made a really good point as I was sitting here on the phone, you know, if Mike Tomlin's trying to get rid of somebody, you know, it's yeah. I, 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 I feel like, you know, he wasn't really wanted there to be honest. Um I feel like with the production and him not getting production, I mean, there's got to be a reason, you know, it's like, I mean, how many games are we in? We got him in mid season. Um, and then, I mean, I just hope this to go get him didn't have anything to do with, Oh, we don't want the Packers to have him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that, that was my biggest thing. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. And I did just want to talk about a draft scenario. If he, even if it's like yeah. there, um, I, I wanted to see if it, how practical, probably totally impractical, but I'm thinking if we get first-round pick, how bad would it be to give a first and chase Claypool for a potential Devontae Adams and their ninth or tenth for whatever they're fighting for? You see Devontae Adams wanted to go to the Raiders just because of Carr. Carr's getting benched. What, 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 can, what, what can my hopes expect there? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I appreciate the phone call first and foremost. I uh, appreciate you always like when you call in. Um, all right, let's touch on a couple things. First, you know, you're bringing up the chase and, 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 you know, why Tomlin would probably get rid of him. And, yes, I said that. But, but the other side of that is they knew they'd get a, a good return. They knew that he was, he was coveted. They knew there was a lot of teams out there, including the Packers that you mentioned, and that's why the cost was a little bit higher. But that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers were willing to, to, to part ways with Chase Claypool. They knew they can get something in return. Um, you know, in terms of Chase Claypool and not being able to, to you know, grasp the offense completely yet, you've heard Fields and Eberflus talk about that, how hard it is. So I try to give them a little bit of a pass there just based off of what they said. You know, I try to give them a pass. Um, but when it comes to Devontae Adams, it's really just about the money. It's about whether or not, you know, the Bear, I mean, he just signed a five-year, $140 million contract. You're giving up $28 million a year for Devontae Adams, and, and then you're probably asking the Raiders to eat some sort of percentage of that. 
That's got to be tough. And I mean, it's a, it's good in theory. The, the reality is this, right? Like people like me or whoever else is going to be on this, these airwaves can be like, oh, well, we're not sure. About Man, what happens 95% of the time? They end up going to some team. Look at uh, Rudy Gobert, right, from the Utah Jazz. Everyone was talking about who else was going to get Rudy Gobert and who came like a thief in the night, the Minnesota Timberwolves. wasn't a great trade for them. But sometimes these things happen. So it's I'm more so all, all that to say is like you just don't know. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670. The score, taking your phone calls. Let's go out to Paul in Crystal Lake. What do you think about uh, the players they're going to keep for next year? What's up, Gabe? Just, uh, just wanted to touch briefly on what you said earlier about keeping Jalen Johnson, Darnell Mooney around. I mm-hmm. think that's important. I do not want to overpay, though, for Mooney at this point. I just don't see him as a number one, you know, maybe a number – he is definitely a number two, maybe a num- number three on some teams. But the uh, big one I want to hit on is David Montgomery. I think uh, – I, I just wasn't happy with the way the Bears used him this year, uh, with the exception of the Patriots game. Uh, I think you saw the impact he had on that game when we use him like a hammer, and he gets a lot of carries per game. And that was really the only time we got to see that this year. And look at the results that produced. And I just feel like we left a lot out there in regards to not being able to see what his full potential and contribution could be to this team. Paul, I appreciate the phone call, and I think you're absolutely right. I'll start with where you ended with David Montgomery. There were a handful of times where I felt like David Montgomery should have got 20 carries in certain games. I remember the first game Khalil Herbert was out during his IR stint. And I thought to myself, okay, well, David Montgomery hasn't had more than 15 carries all year long. Let me bet the house on David Montgomery rushing yards. You know what I'm saying? And then you watch the game and he had 14 carries. The first week Khalil Herbert was gone, they still did not lean on David Montgomery. That was kind of frustrating. And I'm sure it's frustrating for him. There was a moment with David Montgomery two weeks ago where Justin Fields was staring at him. He was wide open, and he literally jumped up in the air like, yo, throw me the ball. And that's how he was able to get Justin Fields' attention. It's tough. And I got like a minute left, so I want to spend it on your first point, which was paying Darnell Mooney. Here's a list of receivers currently in the NFL and what they make on average per year. All right? Because I want to see where we're at with Darnell Mooney and what we're, con- what we're considering paying him. Not me. I almost cursed. Not me. Shoot. Pay him whatever. I don't care. Keep Darnell Mooney on the team. Not out of your pocket. <laughs> Dude, I am not on this radio station talking about, let's compare Darnell Mooney. No. I'm simply giving you facts about what certain receivers are being paid so that that way you can compare. And then when the number finally does come out, you can kind of you know do some total recall on these moments. So DK Metcalf, $24 million a year. He is currently eighth in the league for wide receivers. So I'm trying to put it into perspective what these guys are making. $24 million. The highest paid wide receiver per and based off average annual uh, salary per year is Tyreek Hill at $30 million. $30 million is what Tyreek's making. Understandably. Understandably. I gave you decaf so you can see the drop-off uh-huh. to eighth. We'll go down. I'm not counting, but we'll go down like roughly to around like the 20th person. And you're looking at, let's go Deontay Johnson, 18 million. So now you've gone from eight to 20 and you're, you've only gone from 24 to 18 million. It's rough. Somewhere way far, way far down the list. 
Jamar Chase still on his rookie deal making seven million. Drake London, rookie off the Falcons, making five million. I'm trying to think of some guys that are out of their rookie contracts. Byron Pringle, here you go. This is a perfect guy. Byron Pringle is currently making four million dollars a year as a wide receiver. To put that in perspective, let's see, three, six, nine, ten, twenty, thirty. 40. He's like the 50th highest paid wide receiver in the league. Call it 60th. Darnell Mooney's going to get paid way more than that. I would hope so. He's got to be like in the Hunter Renfro $15 million range. Allen Robinson is getting paid $15 million. Adam Thielen. Robbie Anderson from the Cardinals getting paid $15 million. Michael Gallup. Nelson Aguilar, $11 million. So you're going to be in that range. Devontae Parker, tell me, I think it will be higher than that. I think it will be higher than the Devontae Parker. I know I got to go to break. Dev- higher than Devontae Parker, less than an Amari Cooper who's sitting at 20. Is he getting paid the same as Christian Kirk? Ooh. Well, see, the, the Jags gave a lot for Christian Kirk, well, more than I expected. Granted, he's had a solid season, but I don't know if he's getting paid 18 that million. much. Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk getting paid more than Mike Evans. Mike Evans See, makes sixteen point five. Christian Kirk eighteen million. So, you're, so you're saying you're in the fourteen million dollar. You're in the you're in the twelve to sixteen million dollar range for Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I all would right. I would agree with that. All right, all right, all right. I like it. Again, I'm not saying whether he should or he shouldn't. I'm just trying to put it into perspective. All right, of course. It's Gabe Ramirez six seventy the score. All right, hanging out with you till nine o'clock. Uh, we get to talk about some more Bulls at seven twenty with Cody Westerlin. Clay Harbor is hanging out with us at eight twenty uh, on the show. We'll get some Twitter time right before I get out of here at 9. But when we come back on the other side, obviously the entire NFL thinking about DeMar Hamlin and what happened yesterday in the Bills-Bengals game. But today, uh, Bernstein and Holmes had the opportunity to talk to Sal Capaccio. He is the Bills radio sideline reporter. And you're going to want to hear this, hear how it went down, hear what his perspective was, and the thoughts of not only the family members of uh, DeMar Hamlin, but also the teammates as well. What did all that sound like? It is a very important and powerful replay from Bernstein and Holmes as they talk to Sal Capaccio. We'll play that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.